0: What's going on, coaches? Uh, Hopefully the season's going well for you guys. Uh, Go check us out over at runthepower.com. You can check out our free uh, membership, and then you can also check out our premium membership, which we update um, at least once a month, but normally as many times as twice a month. So uh, you guys go check that stuff out. Coach Walls has got some great videos underneath there uh, for our free and our premium members as well. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletic programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. And right now, Team Builder is offering coaches a complimentary in-season football strength program. As you recall, the New England Patriots squad up to 90% of their one-rep max, even deep into the playoffs. So, if you're in season strength and conditioning program and philosophy is to just maintain, uh, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the template once you start a 14 day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out to them and tell them that you heard it from us. Go visit Team Builder at teambuilder.com, which is team B U I L D R.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication, offering cutting edge technology and innovation. Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level with new and used headsets, in-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and in nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Powers remain committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com by email at infosidelinepower.com or just give them a call at 800 496 4290 This episode is also brought to you by Skycoach. Skycoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage. Over opponents utilizing anything else. We use this at Broken Arrow, uh, and it's been awesome these first three games and all of the last uh, two or three seasons that we've had it, that I've been here. We've got 24 7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium and any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. Skycoach is the market leader in sideline replay. Go visit them at myskycoach.com to learn more. And then last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are soft-shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice. They're worn by over 1,000 high schools, like mine at Broken Arrow or Walls' over at Ankeny in Iowa, and over 100 colleges, a lot of them that you saw this past weekend, like Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. Most programs utilize them for their guys in the box to address the repetitive, sub-concussive blows that, as you guys know, add up throughout the season or an athlete's career. In fact, you can see what Lincoln Riley has to say about the Caps in the linked articles on our show notes. They're also great for body blows, helmets to knees, hips, quarterback's hands, all while keeping the helmets looking good for game day and protecting speed flexes from cracking. Check out guardiancaps.com and request a quote for great team pricing. On this episode of RTP, we talk with our really good friend uh, Tanner Annell. Coach Annell is the defense coordinator at Grapevine High School in Grapevine, Texas. Listen as we talk with Coach Anil about days spent coaching with me and Coach Walls at Broken Arrow, his multiple defensive philosophy and strategy, and some of his favorite pressure and coverages. You can follow Coach Anil on Twitter at Coach underscore T underscore Anel. Hope you guys enjoy. <laughs>
1: My brother worked with me in Arkansas, so he already knew. He just wanted me to go over with him all the different uh, – all the different columns I'll do, how to assign it, like how to put it in groups, the purpose for the groups, assign it to the coaches, delegate it, you know, and then what cut-ups are being made off of that and how to delegate who makes what cut-ups and the purpose behind that. And then well, so tomorrow, what, what cut-ups are you happen. making
0: practice-wise? that's my, that's my big one going into right now. Cause I started getting into making a couple of cutups for every practice and I'm sending a certain cutup up to tackles, certain one to guard, certain one to centers, every practice, and then making a cutup for the meeting. Uh, and then I'm also kind of, and I think I might've stole it from you or you might've taught me how to do it, but uh, I've got a, a column for each of the positions, left tackle as a column guard as a column, you know, that way I can type in yeah, my Mike. exact notes for that kid, yep. he can see it right up there. Uh, it makes it a little easier. No doubt. So, what are you, what are you, what are you looking to make cutups for in practice? Because obviously, you don't want it to be every every uh, clip, because then it, it just takes way too long, and the kids aren't going to be into it. So, what are you looking for for to uh, put in your clips?
1: Well, the first first of all, not to not to change it up on you, they haven't gotten into practice cutups. It's mainly the end goal is to teach a guy how to game plan. Mm. Right. So that's what that's about. But but I'm not trying to vote off or anything. To answer your question, actually, and yes
2: <laughs> well So anyway, you. so anyway, stupid question, <laughs> Harper. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. I know you're going to answer You're answering for Harper, but can I go back and talk about the game planning deal? Just because I saw you do it and you and I were up at the office for the week of jinx or maybe it was two weeks out. How many hours do you think you and I spent up there? Like, I mean, you, you had the most bloodshot eyes I've ever seen from looking at a computer screen. You were, like, going yeah, I mean, blind, blind from all the data that you put in. So, I'll let you go from there. But, dude, you, you put in some serious data and find some serious tendencies.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think we, we started that. I don't know what you were doing. Obviously, we were on different sides of the ball. I actually started, like, every – because we followed them. You remember that? We followed them every game. We were getting the film that they were playing whoever they played the week before.
2: Yeah, you and I—we broke down every single game. I was trying to get tendencies on uh, zone blitz, like when, yeah, when he was going to zone blitz, and then I was—I wanted to have my my zone blitz beaters just ready to roll.
1: So I was data, I was data entry with all the different crap that I was doing every week. Once I, figured, I was like, going, man, we got—I'm getting jinxed him every week. So by by the time we get to jinx, I'll have every game input, and I can start building cutups from there. So. I mean, the data entry was a process over the season. So that Sunday was – Saturday was, all right, here's all the cut-ups. Okay, sort it in my brain, kind of like what I'm talking to this defense coordinator about. Uh, you know, I got field zones. That's kind of not the most important. It's like back burner, maybe like third priority. The most important thing to me is formations, and yep. backfield and formations. Yep. I right, get formation tendencies. Down in distance, P and ten, first first and 10, second down. Now, here's the kicker on second down for me. I don't just do second down and one to two, or however you want to cut it up yardage wise. I do those as well, just like you do on third down. But I do another column for second down, specifically talking about how you got to second down. Okay. Was it after a completion? Was it after an incomplete? Was it a no gain? Was it a, a negative play like a TFL or a sack? Was it a short run? which uh was one to 3, a medium run 4 to 6, a long run 7 plus. You know, that tells you a lot. So when I'm looking at second down and you know, 3 to 4, second down and 5 to 6 or however you want to however you want to look at it, how did they get to second down 5 to 6? Because that's yep. going to change how you, what your next call is. And sometimes, you know, like I I've heard a lot of people especially after that, dude, uh Tell me, man, you're wasting time. It's like, man, I might be, but at the end of the day, if I if I turn over every rock and I find something that you don't, I mean there's a there's a thin line of eliminating the trivial and being efficient with your time. But I think I deserve or I don't deserve but kids deserve the best for me and us as coaches in general. So and that's a piece that I feel like I do a decent job at and I learned quite a bit through the GA years and obviously you get, I mean your football all day every day. So off of that, you know, basic third down tendencies, and then I go back and make those cut-ups that I had formationally so I get a grasp of what their tendencies are, formation, backfield formation, and then split it face down and passing down so I can add, okay, this is how, here's plan A I'm defending, right? It's a conservative plan A for this formation, you know, strong gun uh, deuce, right? Strong gun, a strong gun trace, weak gun, trips, whatever, whatever it is. Here's plan A conservative. Here's plan A aggressive. Okay, here's the answer to plan A conservative. So here's plan B conservative. Here's the answer to plan A aggressive. So here's the plan B aggressive, right? And I'll go through all that stuff on a base down, passing down, separating the formations out that way. And you get – I mean, you can pull some huge tendencies off of that. Because if you remember correctly, Carter came in. I brought Carter in Sunday. I had (laughs) had everything done, ready to present. I showed – I remember showing Bobby uh, all that stuff. And then, I mean, we ended up winning the game, obviously, from a collective effort. Because I remember you called a freaking game, dude. It was awesome. But, uh, I mean, (laughs) you you can take it further as far as – there's so many aspects of, of breakdown and cut-ups and all that besides down the distance and field zone. I mean, you know, you want a, a shot cut-up. So, I know when you're taking your shots, you want uh, situational, whether it's red zone or I want to do two of the dudes. I want to know who the dudes are, when they're going to them, how they're going to them. Uh, what are the weak links? You know, what is there an offensive lineman I need to attack? Is Do they only run a certain protection where maybe they – send the center to the field and it's, you know, if they're doing half slide, the man sides and the boundary, or maybe the quarterback doesn't like pressure at the middle and it gets him leaning on his back foot and throwing off his back foot and all his balls go high. You know, if it's an incomplete pass, it's huge. It's a win for me. Maybe he's not good throwing the ball on the run and I can call my pass pressure to where, you know, I, I'm emphasizing the front foot rusher and I have a contained player or it's maybe a semi-contained player. Cause obviously anytime you have a, front foot rusher, you should have a back foot rusher, right? And if he gets out, worst case scenario, he's not good going on the run. Now take that, you know, don't want to take for granted some dudes can freaking skedaddle and you don't want them to get out for good. But it's all kinds of crap, man. I mean, I think – and then also don't get stuck in that phase of it. That's, that's all analytical uh, data research. Then you gotta go back and, and say so you have a really, really, really strong staff and you can delegate and empower and create ownership of that breakdown and all those responsibilities. That way when you go, hey, we're we're gonna have our front meeting, front meeting, tell me you know, favorite runs, okay, tell me what the what this formation is and what do you prefer front wise to stop the run, right? Vice yeah. versa, you come you go back in, all right, what's the favorite passes on base down? What's your favorite passes on Passing downs. All right. What are you comfortable with? Why? Tell me what's going on in your head. All right. Good. All right. Everybody together. Okay. Situational. Like, how do we feel about, uh, how do we feel about maybe red zone defense? How do we feel about when they cross the 50? You know, are we getting tricks, gadgets, shots? Do we need to be more conservative at that time? Okay. How do we feel about attacking those weak links? Are we picking up? Uh, tips pre-snap or maybe a stance change or cadence or uh what else can I think of? <laughs> I'm going all over the place on I mean, you. I don't mean to ramble. <laughs> I love it. What I was trying what I was trying to get to is as a def- as a defense coordinator, if I have a strong staff that can handle those responsibilities. Like I got a guy that maybe he's putting in down and distance and most of the time if you're that guy you feel like man I'm I'm a low man on totem pole. But that's a huge job for me because within that down and distance entry uh, you also have the responsibility of second down and putting in how did they get to second down, right? I want to know how they got to second down. So when we come back and make cut-ups, guess who's going to be responsible for second down cutups? ups I don't mean just second down in whatever yardage. It means how did they get there? Explain to me how that offensive coordinator's mind changes. And now that guy is starting to learn how I think. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it ends up being a young coach that goes, man, if I can understand how he thinks this way, Why can't I do his job? And ultimately, you want guys to move on, progress, and and, and it only makes you look good. Like I tell players all the time, hey, do you think I want you to look bad? No, I want you to look good. My ultimate goal, like, I want you to make plays. If you look good, I look good. (laughs) That's right. You know what I mean, if we look good, let's roll. But uh, all kinds of crap, but here's, let me. Backtrack and get back to if you have a strong staff that can handle all these different data entry and cut up responsibilities and then game planning as a staff. And you know, two heads are better than one, however many heads are better than one. As a defense coordinator, instead of you having to take the meat of that, and maybe you're doing favorite run, favorite pass, base downs if you're a front guy like myself, or not base downs, uh, like run um excuse me base down formations and you have a backing guy that's strong he's doing passing down formations and you're already getting a grasp of all that stuff if you have another front guy or if you're mainly a backing guy and you have another backing guy you can lean on then you can sit back and label like entry data the defense and you can watch it from a watch and a film standpoint not get lost in the data of okay how do they attack when they close the middle how they attack split built safeties, how they attack on, how they attack even. Okay. What's their answer to pressure. Okay. So you, you ultimately want to delegate those responsibilities and empower and create our defense. It's, we better than me, but it also enables you to do more as well.
2: I like what you and said then, about, Oh, you said, you know, you, you said a couple of times, you're, you're kind of trying to figure out what the guy's thinking. I mean, Every coordinator, I don't care who it is, and I know you just got a new job as a coordinator, so congrats, by the way, at, uh, at Grapevine. But, you know, if you break down that many games, so you said you had, you had all those games on Jinx, you were able to come up with a pretty good idea of, you know, Dub as a play caller, right? I mean, at least no, kind of no. what he's thinking, you know, uh, emotions at the time, when does he want to take shots, it just starts to build a, a story for them. And it was the same thing when I was researching, you know, rigs, you know, if, if a team hit a big play on him, he's blitzing the next play, you know? So it's yeah. like you were saying, you know, it's not just looking at first downs. Okay. Is it a first down after a big play? What's his response? Does he get angry? Does he play it conservative? It just says a lot about the guy's personality as a play caller. And I think when you could kind of put yourself in the mind of those guys, and and that's just the way, you know, people are, I I think it gives you an advantage and it gives you a chance to maybe stay a step ahead.
1: No doubt. And on top of that, just to add to what you're saying, it, the cool thing about football is, especially when, you, when you're when you going up against good coaches like like Dub, he's going to, I mean, granted, he has a book out, you know, I'm going <laughs> to use the word off of the title, but he's going to adapt week to week, year to year, based off, What does he have in the covers? What is he playing against? Uh, You know, that can change week to week, like attacking a different defense. So you can never get really, I guess, bored. It's always evolving. It's always changing. That's the stuff where I get kind of excited about. And It's always – something's always evolving. It's not static.
0: I always like – go yeah, ahead harper you just got to be able to you know look at yourselves really really well too you know i i hear some defensive of guys that are like oh this team likes to run this 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 and this play but they're watching an offense going against uh you know uh, an even front and that team runs an odd front and i'm like you yeah. know to me it's almost like especially in run game i'm like you can almost not throw it out but so that stuff, I don't even look at what they're doing against odd because at least when I'm doing a run game, my run game might be completely different if it, if it's against a three-four team or if it's against a 4-2-5 team or if it's against a four-three team, right? So um, you know you got to really be able to be introspective or, or like you said, where are my weaknesses? Is, is you know where are they going to try to attack a guy? What what are they going to try to do that, to use their best guy against my worst guy?
1: No doubt. On top of that. If you have the the capability or ability or whatever you want to call it to play both odd and even, you can end up baiting the guy into what you want, mm. moving to even to odd, moving to odd from even. Or just like you got all these, man, I love when I love when people check the sideline because it's like <laughs> I ain't got to stay in one end, I yeah. can check too. <laughs> so. Maybe you got to cut up on what they check to. Maybe it's limited to certain things or, or Indy cut up. Like I got to, I love Indy. Uh, when I say Indy, like tempo offense. So there's been times I've been a part par stats where you have like three defensive calls the whole game for when they're going tempo because you know what those tempo plays are, you know? Uh, man, what what else did you touch on that? i had a thought in my head i just lost it whatever sorry <laughs> is, <laughs> my brain, my it, brain, is um, it
0: tough because i've heard some, certain coaches say that going from an even front to an odd front really screws up the linebackers and that they think that you need to be if you're going to be three four that you need to be three four the whole year and and have those principles and maybe go that three four under look but not to get into from 4 two, five no. to 4-3 to odd. Do you think it changes that much for the linebackers as far as responsibilities and pulls and, and all that stuff?
1: No, sir. Uh, a 4-3 where you're playing with like a true mic is a little bit different. But if you're going from odd to a 4 two, five, and the two yeah, I mean, inside backers,
2: split backers. 30s, split backers yeah. anyway, either way, yeah.
1: You're, you're just teaching guys how to play behind the bubble, which is a shade five or a G5. And I would play behind the three technique. And if you put a four or a four eye, that's ultimately, like, the way I do a four is I kind of – I don't squatter or stance or anything, nothing like that. I Inside foot back, a head up four technique and say, hey, own the B gap. If you get reached, you know, fight it. Push, pull, fight down the line. If you really get reached, ricochet off the guard. Don't get reached by the guard. Like, I'm okay with you losing that. So when I'm playing behind the four from an inside backer, it's just like teaching, hey, you're playing behind the three technique. Okay? their tips that they're attacking are different, but their gap responsibilities and, and understanding leverage and stuff like that's not going to change for that second level on the inside. From the outside, man, if you're if you're running pressures with these outside backers in an odd system and they're spilling and leveraging, well, first of all, if you're building a system that can adapt odd to even or evolve or I mean I'm using all these daggum words. If you're you're built it from odd to even, you're going to have an outside backer where you should have an outside backer that's more like a safety and can cover ground, right? And you should have an outside backer that is like, in a perfect world, Lawrence Taylor, and he becomes the fourth down. And, dude, you could move them to where they're both on the same side of the field. It doesn't matter because once you enter an even structured defense, excuse me, you don't have to worry about that guy being a force defender, you got somebody else being that force defender, whether it's the boundary corner or the boundary safety, or I don't necessarily like doing it. i try to keep the inside backers always spill guys, Uh, a Willie backer being a force player. I know, I know what else you said that escaped my mind earlier, talking about looking at yourself, which is a great point. Great point. That's Saturday for, in my mind is let's put this one to bed. and, And as we're putting it to bed, you know what were we good at? What were we not good at? Where are people going to come back and get us? And that's something we got to cover, not only in film and chalk talk with kids, but we got to go walk through those things Monday and and say, hey, look, you're going to get this again, and this is why. So let's fix it. Not to not to come back on that. But that's what escaped me earlier, and I thought it was a great piece that you threw out there. And then coach harper if you want me to come back to the cut-ups for practice yeah
0: now after you guys made fun of me come back to the the practice cut-ups all the way around <laughs> oh,
1: yeah everything's cyclical right
0: that's right
1: just kind of eluded it but uh you're you're actually uh you guys got max don't you,
0: Ma- you, you max. All
1: got max, like a like an apple laptop ah uh, oh yeah
0: max. yeah yeah yes, 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 yes. yes.
2: I was thinking like M A X. I was
0: like, "What are you saying,
2: it? Max?" I'm like, "Is that like a weightlifting <laughs> software?" Or what? Yeah.
0: I'm thinking, oh. "Huddle get a new thing." What is Max? I don't Max preps. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I got a Mac. Isn't that what
1: those are called?
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. I right,
1: Thought I was out of the loop on that one. No,
2: I never heard it plural called Max. <laughs>
1: i haven't either oh yeah i thought i said max whatever oh that's where you <laughs> thought i heard i got you all right here we go you ready <laughs> yes.
2: yes Yes. i'm on i'm on my mac i'm on my mac and i'm gonna take notes on what you're gonna say here
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was you and me harper talking about building columns for grading instead of you know typing in a text box or highlighting or drawing on their uh and being able to allow a kid to watch film from a cut-up that you send him and see what you're wanting him to fix. Well, I've taken it another step. Excuse me. This year, I got my hands on an Apple laptop, whatever y'all <laughs> want to call those things. <laughs> and I'm, tr- like, I'm taking advantage of QuickTime like no other, like ripping NFL film off of it, like when you were teaching. Uh, allegedly, you know, Gatsky allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> and using the views are the, are the same way there, but also I'm screen recording after I make a cut up from the game or a practice, right? Right. I'm I'm making a cut up to the good and the bad, and I am a voiceover in those cut ups, That's so awesome. I can stop the films, like go slow mo, rewind it, just like we're having our meeting in the office or in the locker room or wherever you had it. It's just like having a meeting, but they can do it at home. And I'm mm-hmm. sending that out. Hey, you know, I might I might at the end of it put a message on there that says, hey, send me a thumbs up when you get to the end of this. Or, you know, some guys, that's how they trick them and make sure they're watching it. So, which, on top of that, I know Team, Acad- or Team Attack Academy is awesome, and that's that's a big deal, right? That, that's right. Those software allows you to do that using quick time or using other pieces and being able to interact a little bit more it steps it up a whole nother level so throw that plug out there
0: yeah no doubt no doubt that that's um it's been awesome for me and and that's what um the more lately i want to say the last year maybe two almost every college i've gone to sat in a meeting they've been recording their meeting you know and and obviously that's because they get a little bit more time probably with their kids and stuff but I mean, they're getting those meetings even recorded. Someone's in the back with an iPad. they're recording their meetings, and I'm going to assume they're putting it up on there on you know whatever whatever software they use uh you know, and, and uh, some some poor g a or or whatever whoever it is 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 recording a, a one one and a half hour uh meeting. No
1: doubt, so kids can go back and review it because God knows not very many of them are writing stuff down nowadays.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right.
1: My
2: never, question never, is though, what, know. why, why would you meet for an hour and a half? That was my question.
1: Who's meeting for an hour and a half?
0: We, <laughs> me, and Walls have been to a couple. Yeah, and it was brutal. Were
1: they Were they actually getting stuff? Were they meeting or were they like
0: BSing? <laughs> uh, bleh, I don't know. They were <laughs> a little bit of a kumbaya circle. They're we getting a little stuff done. It was just it was It wasn't my idea of a good meeting. I'll tell you what though. I went to uh, uh Wareheim, It was the offensive line coach at Texas, and now he's the tight ends coach. His meeting was by far the best meeting I've ever been in. like it was whatever fifteen minutes. The kids were sitting down, backs were straight up. they were yes, sir, they were into it, and he was he was like not not a dick. He was just like force he had a forceful voice, made sure he knew everyone knew exactly what he wanted out of it. They were yes, sir, and it was like actually a constructive meeting. 15, 20 minutes, they were out. No doubt. I think 15, 15 20 max is
1: perfect.
2: Exactly. I mean, that's, that, that's all the research they say. I mean, in education, I mean, what, what could be so? Football's fun, right? I mean, so you'd think kids kind of want to learn about football and be good at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, maybe they say there, I think they still say, you know, attention spans 15 to 18 minutes, but even in the classroom, they say the same thing. And that's a boring subject like chemistry. Why would I stand up there and talk, you know, for 30 minutes about chemistry? I'm going to lose them. Well, same thing in football, dude. But, and why try to fight it? You know, you see, here's a bunch of these coaches, you know, kids need to be able to do it and kids these days and uh, all this. It's like, dude, you need to change. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. It's easy. It's easier for one person to change than it is to try to change an entire unit of people, you know, play to the strengths, figure out better ways to teach. You know, you, you yeah. can't just teach one way. Not everybody learns it the exact same way. Anil, you learn things differently than I do. You know, Rowdy learns things a lot differently than uh, than you do. So, I mean, it, it's it doesn't make any sense to me that people want to just do the, the one size fits all coaching method. it's like, if you don't get it, you're a dumbass or you suck. You know, that, that's, that's my, my all time favorite, you know, Oh, that kid, oh, that kid just, just can't get it. You know, well, it's your job to make him get it. That's why we call you coach, right? No. You gotta, you gotta find a way. And I think, you know, you talking technology and, and filming your stuff and you talking that might work for, for five guys. That's perfect. You know, I have kids, right. I, I've done the same thing with, with all my receiver fundamentals. You know, I just made one long voiceover, and I, I did a YouTube video of Julio Jones doing all the fundamentals I wanted to talk about. He's got releases, right. how he catches the ball, how he runs routes, how he breaks, how he creates separation, all those things. Kids see it, and they can go back, and they can play it over and over and over. They can fast forward to get to the points they wanted to go to, and then have to sit there and listen to a whole one-and-a-half-hour meeting of me talking about receiver play.
1: No doubt. On top of that, like another way of reaching, here's throwing team attack out there again. You got Mm -hmm. the ability to throw assignments up there, interactive assignments, quizzes, uh, all kinds of stuff where you're reaching more than one level or different type of learner, I guess is what I should call it. Not a level of type of learner. And it's funny you bring this up Aranda. I don't have my notes on me. San Angelo clinic, by the way, no offense, to any other clinic has been the best clinic I've ever been to. Better than Michigan. Uh, yeah, better than Michigan. <laughs> now, I, will, I will say this. I will say this: the going to Michigan State the next day and sitting in the film room was huge.
2: That's like, what I, I said. That, that was pretty awesome. cool.
1: The biggest, the biggest advancement on my third down like sub package came from sitting there and watching. That film, mm-hmm. just watching film, dissecting technique, where are their eyes, what are their feet doing, and I can determine, I can get a good feel, especially in that setting, what they're being coached. Once you see so many reps and you're going, okay, that's right. Okay, that one wasn't right. But coming back to the St. Angelo deal, Aranda had a slide that was specifically about identifying what type of learner the kid was and how to reach that kid and how to how to teach that kid.
2: That's all. Awesome. Even
1: touched on it they've been touched on how he meets with a uh, daggum psychiatrist or something like that and about how to evolve and adapt to kids' learning styles nowadays. So, I mean, and those guys are on the cutting edge. Those guys are the top of the cream of the crop of our, of our profession. So,
0: No doubt. I, I, I heard it. him at the, uh, at the A&M clinic, or I forget what it was technically called, but the head of A&M. He's a headsy dude. He's yeah, a big time yeah. – you know, he's a headsy dude. The other thing um, uh, that we, I kind of noticed with some of the colleges I've been to is, is – and, again, it's I think to break up some of the learning is they're watching film like middle of practice. They got like these big, giant screens and they're indoors. I know we, we saw it at Nebraska, at Iowa State. Uh, Rice, they had it like on a little tablet. But they're like – they're going 12 periods. And sometimes they're watching it right after Indy. But, like, at the very least, like, Rice would go 12 periods. They'd go get on their tablet with a little TV on the side uh, during their break period, talk through some of their stuff, and then they'd go for period 13. And, and, and I don't know how that breaks up practice, and, and I don't know that I love that, but I, I really like the idea of it and being able to, uh, you know, uh, Wilk, Wilk uh, you know, even brought up, like, if you're an indie and, and you actually get to show a kid, no, bring that back. Bring that back. Watch, watch your second step. See, it's not getting forward. And you're letting him see himself in Indy. Now it obviously slows down and, and works weird with your pace, but um, that's a pretty interesting thing to see. And I've seen, you know, quite a few colleges doing that in practice lately.
1: I've never seen that. I think there could be some definite uh, validity to it. because think about if you're trying to teach a game-like situation, coming off the sideline and going through a series, okay? As a coach, it's a huge difference. I can tell you when I first got home to Oklahoma and we're working with Sky Coach, I'm like, this is freaking cheating. i get to rewind this crap and see exactly what's going on like that it actually put me at a disadvantage leaving the state and have to not necessarily retrain my eyes completely but get them focused back in sure so if a kid has the ability to do that especially you know he gets his four reps or whatever he's got he comes off the field and gets a squirt you know he picks up an ipad if it's if it's immediate feedback Man, he can sit there and look at it and go, "Oh, I messed up here. Okay, I can fix that." Dude, especially
0: now, awesome. the, especially now in the games, you weren't even here for, for uh, the butt shot. Now we get the butt shot. It really is cheating.
1: Yeah, guarantee you,
0: it's unreal. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so it's been kind of cool to, to see some of that and see those guys doing that. Uh, a little bit along those lines of retraining your eyes. Um, we've had a coach on staff before at Broken Arrow, that was really good at, at uh, picking up signs. Um, allegedly. Opposing offenses. Allegedly. And I don't want to throw any names out there, but I've heard that certain guys we had were good at, at picking signs, stealing signs. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> if you did know those guys, uh, if you knew any of the guys like that uh, – <laughs> Did they ever give you any tips? If you are, if someone was trying to pick signs, are they look, or is it just a guy that's just some somehow he gets it? He's good at puzzles, and and so he's good at picking signs. What was the question?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for tips on how to steal signs yeah, in a roundabout way. People
0: want to way. know, want to know how to how to steal signs. Oh.
2: Does it just you just
0: have a gift? Is it just, you know, you put it on the chalkboard and then somehow the custodian comes up and he just knows it? No. Or is there, is no. there a talent? You can work it and you can get better at it.
1: I don't, I don't know if I would call it a talent. I've seen, I've seen some guys, and I'm, talk, I'm definitely not talking about the alleged person, like who you're talking about. I've seen <laughs> other guys do it, right? So I pick up a lot from that. But it's just understanding a structure of a call. I mean, so when you talk about a defense, most of the time you're going to see a front, and behind that you're going to get a movement or, or a pressure, and then a coverage, and maybe a three-by-one coverage. Or you could get – I mean, some guys might tag a show in front of things, or they might tag moving, the like, like I t- told you earlier, show even and move to on. Like, you just got to understand – the structure of a call. So from an offensive standpoint, you know, formation, okay, play, and then it can be broken up in different sections and different people can be doing it and just identifying, oh, that's the receiver coach, okay. They got multiple people signaling. Are there any dummy signalers? Watch the eyes of the quarterback, you know, the quarterback looks away before some slappy is still <laughs> I love that. That is my yeah,
0: favorite thing in
2: football. Yeah, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> or or. He's still, the the he's, still he's still signaling world so, is the signaler he's still signaling as the ball's yeah. being snapped
0: I've seen a coach that was yeah. a dummy signaler but was also um was the guy to get everyone ready for spe- <laughs> special teams and yeah. so first and second down he was the dummy signaler, and on third down <laughs> he, <laughs> he had to leave to go get the punt team ready. And so <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> doesn't have a hug. <laughs> He must be off just for that play. Yeah. He's not signaling that way. Yeah, so so he's running down now there's only he's one la- signaler and you're like, Oh, I wonder who's the real signaler.
2: Hey, no, it's like it's like defense, right? You guys have your first and second down defenses. you got your third down package. <laughs> they got first and second yeah. down signalers and they got a third no. down signaler. <laughs> Come on. Harper. Actually
1: actually I'll I will say this, I've seen some cool stuff where I mean, I'm not blowing y'all's minds. They'll change the live signaler every series. <laughs> yep, sure. Or no. may, maybe quarter. Or I've been a part of a staff where a dude actually knew the signals and was calling different calls because the defense. I'm not going to call it plays. But the whole premise of the week was, okay, the person that's nonchalantly over there squatting down, that squatting down is the signal. Arms crossed is a signal. And it's the whole freaking call. One hand on the chin is a signal, right? One Gus hand. Gus on the chin. Dude, Well, Gus a little bit. Yeah, I hear you.
2: He did some. Yeah. Not to, not to.
1: Well, I'm that, not was old, that was
2: our old. That was our
0: old purple or five hundred five, whatever. Our our uh, go on two. Uh, the quarterback would be signaling a bunch of stuff with his hands, and he'd he'd tap his heels together. Yep. A bunch of BS with his hand, tap his heels together, and that was our 505 or purple or whatever. I forget what we called it. it a bunch of different names, but
2: Nebraska I'll, was doing that on defense. They had, like you said, uh, Anil. They had uh, three different colored hats, and that's what they'd say every time. So hey, hey, blue hats live because that be standing on. Yep. Hey, hey, green hats live, and they change it every yep. every series. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. That's kind of like you brought up Miles on The board, okay, colors on the board can mean you know, multiple different things. And I wasn't an offensive player. I'm just, from what I could gather, a certain color would make the board live, another color makes make the live. A color could make, you know, the board live and it was the direction of play. There's all kinds of different stuff. The numbers, if the numbers are live, it could be like, I remember Norvell, like Gus would call inside zone Indy, and he'd have Indy back and Indy dash and Indy back dash, and Norvell would ended up changing it to like Phoenix and Phoenix back, and then instead of saying Phoenix back dash, or he would say Tempe and Phoenix dash, but those also have numbers like 12 and 13, right? Yes. So so the board could be live, and 12 and 13 would be just like signaling Phoenix, you know, Uh. or 92, or like, say, for instance, 90, if if the board was live and 90 was up, Gus, like, by position, he had a nine man, which is most people would know as an X. Okay, the three-man was the H, the four-man was the tailback, the five-man was uh, the slot that would also be a tight end depending on personnel.
2: Yeah, the Y. And,
1: and, yeah, and yeah, the Y, thank you, and the two-man was the Z. So oh. the board would say 90, and it would be the nine-man's running a, a zero, a hitch, so the next guy knows he's running a seven-cut and a smash, or say 20, you know, and that would tell where the read side is and all that crap. I mean, it's not hard to figure out. you just got to have some football savvy and understand the structure of the call. And then when they throw fancy stuff in there, like dissecting who's live, who's not live. So if you say, like, the blue hat flies, there might be a color indicator somewhere. Or they could just tell them on the sideline, hey, next series, this hat's live, which is good stuff. But yeah. I've been a part of color coordinating things where you held up, a like, a block of colors. So it would be split into four sectors. Uh, like like a coordinate plane, there's a geometry teacher uh, throwing throwing that out there for him, which I'm <laughs> out for too now. But anyways, I know. To.
0: that's different than business.
1: But, but yeah, no doubt, top left. <laughs> but we would say, hey, the top left corner is the live color.
2: Which so which whatever. which quadrant would that be?
1: One. I no four.
2: Same. <laughs> <Dang. laughs> Fail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I you said, got me, dude. If you just would have rolled with it, there's zero percent chance I would have known. You I just would have gone around, along with it and said, Alright, that's quadrant one.
1: You got me. It could be either one now at this point. I will I'm gonna toot my own horn real quick. The test in Texas is every last bit of it, dude. We're talking derivatives, limits. My head was spinning. There's a hundred <laughs> instead of eighty there's <laughs> hundred questions instead of 80 by, by question 80 I was throwing stuff in the air and just clicking
2: <laughs> and imaginary I, 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 numbers
1: dude yeah imaginary numbers yeah <laughs> except those are actually yeah no, whatever don't get me started <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so I thought for sure I failed that dude I was like man I don't know calculus anymore it's been so long like I don't have I'm just gonna take this thing like I looked at something for a week went and took it and thought I'll find out what I need to fix and then go take it again I freaking passed it. And I didn't tell my coaches – I didn't tell my coaches for, like, two weeks. They're like, did you pass it? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to have to
0: get a different job other than math.
2: Because <laughs> like, you, you didn't job. want to do math?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Mickey Mantle gene, man. Show up and yeah. you roll. I guess. So, the, the signal stuff allegedly <laughs> – Back you
2: know, to your board. Back to the board with the colors.
0: Real question is, what's yeah. the best binocular to buy?
1: Man, I like the the autofocus kind of like marine. Why are you asking me? I don't I don't know anything.
0: Uh, you were you were you were at, at some big time colleges. You were around. I just assume they use binoculars. I don't know. I've never been up in the box. I was never I was I like, never privileged enough to ever be in the box.
2: I never saw anyone use it, but I think the golf rangefinder would be clutch. You know, small, easy to use, little <laughs> telescope lens. Yeah.
1: I've never used that, personally, but I hear you. <laughs> so, allegedly, if you were going to pick or steal signals, just understand the structure of calling an offense or calling a defense, pick up the rhythm. There's a lot of slaps out there that make it easier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, and that and That's honestly my favorite part of the whole thing is because there's still people out there that are like, Dude, people don't steal signals. They, they can't steal our signals. They can't say like, every – almost every single tempo team or any state I've been in, it doesn't matter what level, there's people stealing signals, period.
1: So, so when I got to the uh, – and, and it's funny how, like, you talk about things being cyclical. When I got to Craigsline, I made it for the spring game. After two series, I was telling, I was telling people on the sideline, no, oh, they're running levels probably run smash, mesh cross, <laughs> with air raid. And then the carryover from, like, Dana, like Dana Holgerson, like no, early no, and late. No. Like, I'm, like, going, man, dude, you all do the same crap. Like, I remember I remember Santa Fe. Santa Fe was, like, calling. Their signals were so similar to, like, oh, OU. It wasn't even funny. Because I go to – I went to a Bedlam game. This is after the fact from Santa Fe. And we played them twice that year. And I'm watching the – I think it was after the fact. I can't remember. It was after the first one maybe. I'm watching OU signals. Like, that that's what will really get you. Allegedly, if you're the type of guy that likes signals, <laughs> uh, when you know you're a fiend and you're at a football game and you're looking at the sideline and you're sitting there just telling yourself we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and somebody's like, what are you doing? And then you get caught up in it and you're like – you actually call it and they're like, how would you know that? And I'm like, I don't know. I was just guessing. <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> you oh you signals i was like
0: dude that's santa fe what
1: yeah is. What these, they just went down to norman and
0: said hey can we do what you're doing <laughs> what are you guys using okay cool we will too yeah. well, that's what we I'm, played I'm east sure. carolina we played east carolina one year and, and lincoln lincoln riley and i guess cliff were still using the same the same signals or, or something. I don't, I don't know. But our backup quarterback would stand on the sideline and scream out the play every single time.
1: Yeah. Hey, there's another one. Speaking of quarterbacks, here's another air raid thing. Okay. Let's, let's signal the play in to the quarterback. And then let's watch the quarterback signal with both sides.
0: Yes. And his is always the simplest signals.
1: Come on, dude. I don't even need to watch the sideline now. i will just watch no. the quarterback.
2: Hey, sir freaking slap <laughs> yeah. well, what was what was the tell you guys had harper on the o-line you guys didn't even realize it for the entire year
0: oh the entire yeah the entire year my fr- my true freshman year um we would have to give a signal for protection so whatever left or right protection to the running back well every time it was a pass we'd give left or right protection with the center's hand and he would never do it in the run game so it was. It, it went back and did a study, and it was literally 100 percent of the time it was a pass. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> you, you know what you hear on our defense? Party, party, party.
2: Yeah, pass, pass, fast. Yep.
1: Party, let's go. But I mean, hey, we we talk about signals, all that crap. At the end of the day, I mean, does it help coaches? Sure. Can it can it help kids? Maybe. You don't want to sit there and try to tell them too much while they got their eyes on their kids trying to play, play football. It's the same deal in a different realm. It doesn't matter how much I know. It matters how much the kids know. So I can get on – Like here's a here's a deal that I touched on, some Twitter deal the other day. There's a spectrum of coaches I've observed at clinics. On the spectrum on one side, let's say on the left side, there's a coach that doesn't know football all that well. You're sitting in the clinic. He starts talking about some – you know, undercover three defense. Okay, cool. I'm going to see if I can pick up something different from this guy. And then he starts talking about how to play um, a five technique and it's completely wrong. You get up and you walk out, right? And you ask yourself, how did that dude win ball games? He's obviously won a lot of ball games or else he wouldn't be talking right now. And it's because most of the time, a either has better dudes than you or B he can sell the hearts. He, he can win hearts over and get dudes to play their ever-living tell-off. Or see, he has both of those things, right? Sure. On, on the far right of that spectrum, you might have a guy that knows football like the back of his hand. like He can sit there and chalk talk with anybody or do these chalk wars. And I'm not trying to hate on anybody that does chalk wars. I don't really get off to them because it, at the end of the day, it's who has the marker last. And I'm not—I mean, you just puff your chest out and stuff. That, that don't mean you can actually get it done in the game. Like, I'm, and maybe you do. That's good. Good for you. But it's—it's it's about whether the kids can execute the concept. By, it's going to be determined based off can you teach that technique and fundamental, and how to play the game mentally, right? So right. on the right side of the spectrum, you got coaches that know football in and out, but can't win hearts, right? They're not going to win, or those. They'll probably win less games on the left side. Right? Maybe maybe they know football and can't teach it. And then in the middle you got the combination of, hey, this guy knows football. He can relate to kids, teach the game, get them to execute techniques, fundamentals within the call and within the system, and he wins hearts, and he's got dudes balling. That's that's where and there's it's few and far between. There's not very many in the middle. There's a lot on the left, there's a lot on the right, and you know, I'm not sitting here saying where I fall on that or, or where anybody else falls on that. I just think that's that's a call like hey, call to arms. Let's make sure that we're learning and growing, whether it's learning more ball or learning how to develop relationships. You know, because at the end of the day, we're in a relationship business. And what, you know, number one priority to me, you know, I talked to my, my staff today and said, look, I know the timing. Uh, this is quick hitter or whatever, but I want y'all to understand. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you see a piece of me. Here's my heart. Number one, number one priority is kids, right? We owe them. We we got to give them the best opportunity possible to make this a, the best experience that they can possibly have.
2: So, I mean, I say
1: all that, and I'm all, I'm ranting and rambling and all that crap, but.
2: No, that's I mean, what
1: I
0: right. exactly right, and that's what me and Walls just talked yeah. about this literally thirty minutes before the, the podcast. Me and Walls were talking, and, and I can't remember exactly how you put it, Walls. I'd like for you to to say it again, but something about you know the art of coaching, or, or what was it?
2: Yeah, it's like you know, there's there's a science of coaching. You you just explained it, Tanner. You know, the, the science is you know the X's and O's, the strategy, sure. the the fundamentals, and those things. The art of coaching is how do you teach those things. You know, can you oh, get no. people, can you get people to buy into you? Can you get people to buy into what you're selling and can you, you know, yeah. get up, get on a kid's level to where you can get him to do those things really, really well and, and enjoy doing it, you know, and then the guys that you're describing in the middle to me, that's like, you know, I think Dub said it the other night when we talked to him, that's a master coach and that's like, that's yeah. like the ultimate, that's where you want to get to. You know, I think, uh-huh. and, and the master coach understands that the game is going to keep changing. The game is going to evolve. And once I feel like I have it licked, well, guess what? Then you're going to have to reinvent yourself and start all over again. And that's kind of the cool oh, thing right. with, with, with ball and life. But yeah, it is. There's a science and there's an art. And I didn't understand any of that stuff until I'd met Moles. You know, Coach Moles was the one that taught me that. He's like, Walls, you'll understand the science. You're a pretty smart guy. I said, but your, your art of coaching right now needs a lot of work. And he was exactly right. So that's kind of what I set out to, to really improve. And, and honestly, when, when younger coaches talk to me, they probably get bored because that's all I really preach to them. But that's what everybody needs to work on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's the foundation of our, of our, of our mission, of our profession. Well,
0: that's something, yeah, Yeah. that's something my dad said forever too. He's like, uh, you know, I'm growing up and I'm like, dad, aren't you worried to like tell anyone what you guys do? Like, why isn't it a secret or like, why do you, why are you so open with other coaches? And he was was like, well, I don't care. I can can tell them everything I do. Doesn't mean they can coach it up. Mm -hmm. And, and and I, you know, I kind of thought he, you know, I thought maybe he's full of it, but he wasn't. I mean, I've been around college coaches that, that couldn't, couldn't actually coach it. You know, there's so many things that you have to do right. To, to be a good coach and you have to know it and you've got to be able to sell it and you've got to hold that standard and you've got to hold the a standard for every kid. And, and there's so many things that you can slip up on that, that, like you said, there's just very few that are right there in the middle of that spectrum.
1: No doubt. Well, it's funny that both y'all bring up some points that, that bring ideas to my head, like Saban. is not like a typical clinic coach that hides the technique and fundamentals. He, he lets it all out. And it's because he understands that's not what it's like. It's like what you're saying, Rowdy. That's not <laughs> going to help the other guy win. Yeah, he wins yeah. just because of the process. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to like quote him and say like the process is like the universal deal. It's his deal, I guess. If you want to trademark it, but he understands <laughs> that part. And then and then Brady, you talk about an art and a science, and and I've heard that from a coaching standpoint i love that you you broke that down because a lot of people need to hear that but i've it's funny i've used that analogy from an inside linebacker standpoint and it's Mm -hmm. kind of veering off to a different piece but hey man there's a science to it but there's also an art like you have this assignment like i want you to fill a second-level block, or I want you to fill this gap, right? But I also don't want you to be a robot. and I want you to fill the art to this game and understand that there's different ways to attack this block or different ways to use your teammates' leverage. Like, there's the art in it, and everything doesn't have to be – here's the other analogy. Everything doesn't have to be heavy metal all the time. Mm-hmm. Really, at the start of the play, before the snap, at the start of the snap, most of the time, it's classical music, and it happens really, really fast. And that's the part that you're teaching as a coach is trying to get them to see it as fast as you can, right? But I tell them all the time, hey, it's, it's classic, classical music until point of contact. Point of contact heavy metal. Let's go. And there's a science to this. There's also an art to it. Some of it, you can't break it down into a science. You've got to have a feel. So...
2: You're speaking my language, man. I, I was going to say, too, when, you, when you know, and, and Harper said it about know, his dad and, and you said it about, about Saban, you know, I, I've never been one of those ones to, to not share stuff, too, because I said it. Dude, we owe it to the kids. And I feel like if, if I'm helping another coach get better, I'm helping his kids. It is, no doubt. I mean, that, that to me is like the, the ultimate feeling, you know, hey, winning games is great. Winning winning rings is is really, really cool, but those sit around they gather dust, man. When you change lives for the better and we improve football and kids go on and become great coaches and guys underneath you go on to become great coaches and leaders of men, it just perpetuates itself. And to me, that's that's kind of the higher calling of of what we do. If you're caught up in just winning games and, and racking up stats, you're really losing sight of what it's all about.
1: Yeah, and it's going to come around and bite you because you're going to end up losing those games and losing those stats because people aren't going to want to follow you. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the the D-line coach where I'm at currently was talking specifically about that and touched on, man, I had a I had a player that's in his 30s text me on Father's Day and started crying. And immediately, I already respect the ever-living piss out of this guy. He gave me a book uh, last week, and I read it in one day, and it's – altered my mindset, like tweaked it a little bit in a a positive manner, but watching, watching him tell stories that mean something to him and it's coming from his heart and seeing him get emotional and be vulnerable, man, it it only makes me want to do better for that guy. Like I'm, I owe him, you know, like I got back just like I got the kids back. At the end of the day, I'm here to serve. Amen. And, and and guys like that, man, they deserve so much Kids, Man, you talk about kids, like the relationships that we've built. Uh, you know, I, I sent one to Carter the other day. Man, you always have a home wherever I'm at. I love you. Izzy, staying in touch with them. Kids from Arkansas, staying in touch with them. Shoot, kids that I GA'd, and, or I was a GA when they were a player, however you want to call it, man, we we still talk to each other. My coach, yeah, I've talked to my coach probably a couple weeks out of the month.
0: I mean, that's
1: what really matters. But that's the bottom
0: line yeah there's no doubt and it's good when you, when you do have a relationship with that I never I never really built a real big one with any of my with any of my position coaches so um it, it was always cool and I'll tell you one I had a kid from Longview my best friend you know his head coach from high school texted him like every other week and it was just so cool like he'd have went to bat and, and died for his head coach and it was you know that's kind of what you want to not, maybe not that crazy, but that, that's kind of what you want to – the kind of impact you'd like to leave on some kids. I just saw I, – I don't know if you guys will remember, but I don't know if you guys remember Robbie Calhoun. Yeah. I just saw Robbie, yeah. Cal- I just saw Robbie Calhoun yesterday. He's still the same height, and he's probably uh, 295. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. And he's starting now. Yeah. Starting on oh, the I offensive know. line. You know, a kid that was – as a junior was 175 playing safety. Playing whatever six string safety, and I said, "Well, let him come play offensive line." And and some of those coaches thought, you know, laughed at me, thought I was crazy or whatever. And and it was just really really cool to to see him and see you know what what he's done. I had another kid that didn't start, you know, Peter King. Now he's starting over, uh, you know, as as a true freshman. You know, so uh, it is cool seeing those guys and seeing those guys come back and seeing some of those guys really take off, even you know into their college years, especially with those. With those lineman-type kids, because they just some of them, you know, don't grow till their later years. That's gonna do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com follow me on Twitter at coach and Coach Walls at CoachBradyWalls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.